Blue and Matt for breakfast. The Borders 105.7 Triple M. Yeah, welcome to the Catch-Up Podcast. And today, Lou, was all about a, a topic that we were hoping we'd never have to talk about again. And we've said that about four times now. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All about uh, Victorian lockdown this morning. Well, a lot, lots about it. Not 100% all about it, but there was plenty to talk about. Yeah, well, that's it. There's plenty to talk about. And... Uh, and it just that it keeps on happening is annoying enough. Tim Farrah from uh, the Australian Industry Group had some choice words on that. Um, and you'll hear that in our catch-up podcast, as did Wayne Schwoss, our footy champ. And I thought it was very interesting after uh, recapping the games um, and some of the notable things out of the weekend. Just his um, thoughts on how it's profoundly changed um, Melbourne. Yes. It was very interesting because, I mean, it's profoundly affected every town in Victoria, but it's, it's just very interesting when it relates to a city as massive and cosmopolitan as Melbourne. So true. Um, just the, the change in the actual cityscape when there's no one around. And it was our first opportunity uh, since the start of lockdown to talk to the federal uh, federal representative as such. Uh, Susan Lee, the member for Farah, joined us. And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we asked a question about um, about a dedicated quarantine facilities and she acknowledged that they should be built. Um, well, she did say but, there was some being added. Yeah, well, there's Howard Springs. Yeah. and um, But why there isn't a dedicated facility in each of the states up and running now, I have no bloody idea because it's costing billions and billions. There's been nine lockdowns in Australia since the pandemic started. (laughs) You'd think at one point that National Cabinet would have just said, you know what, guys, let's stop the whole hotel thing because that just doesn't seem to be doing... working like it's supposed to. No, let's be fine this time. (laughs) All right, see you, Victoria. (laughs) Daniel Andrews has left the call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dear. So, yeah, certainly there was a lot of that sort of stuff this morning, but um, we had a bit of fun too. Sometimes in life, the gods smile upon you, my friends. You got that right. My dangling. TV Talk with Steve Mulk. Um, With the lockdown south side of the border, hasn't TV become one of the most important things that we've got, Lou? Absolutely it has. And Mulkey is the man to talk to us about the TV that we should be watching in our boredom. Morning, Steve Mulk. Matt, Lou, good morning. Yes, you guys have asked, and here I am to answer. (laughs) All right, so let's say the best three shows that we can watch this week. I know there's there's a lot of content out there, Mulky, but what's caught your (laughs) eye? Look, there really is heaps, friends. Uh, I've tried to spread it across sort of the various different methods. If you have access to Netflix, um, here's a great way to spend two and a half hours of basically popcorn eating, uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Now, warning, it is a zombie film. However, it's pretty funny, it's not super demanding, and it's not overly gross, and there is a zombie tiger. Oh, awesome, a zombie tiger, finally. Sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) All right, I love that one. I'm actually going to watch that one. It's also also got ex-professional wrestler Dave Bautista in it. And excellent comedian Tig Notaro, and I can bore you with a story about that later. Um, if you want to have seven hours of excellent drama, the first six episodes of Mayor of Easttown have already aired on Fox Showcase and on Binge. The final episode lands today. So if you're just starting into this, maybe don't go near the internet for a little while. Yes. At least not social media. 
This is phenomenal drama starring Kate Winslet. Uh, also has <gasps> Aussies Guy <sighs> Pearce and, and Gary Rice in it. Uh, this is a really brilliant tale of uh, a cop played by Winslet as mayor, uh, who is look maybe things aren't so great for her, but some uh, some girls go missing in her town, and of course it's part of her job as a detective to solve the case. Yes, and it does not go how you think it goes. Well, I can it's tell amazing. you, uh, Steve Malk, that uh, while I was in my man cave watching sport. Um, my girlfriend yes. was watching all seven hours of that over the weekend because I kept coming right. into the kitchen and seeing Kate Winslet. Your girlfriend has made great choices. Oh, excellent. There you go. All right, one more, Mulkey. Look, if you want to dive in, something a little bit left of centre on Stan, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Um, this is, look, it's garish, it is big, it is brightly coloured and it is pretty darn great. Uh, RuPaul is back fronting a whole bunch and I'm by a bunch, I mean 10 uh, Australian and New Zealand drag queens who are competing to be the number one drag queen down under. All of the puns are exactly as you think they are, and it's pretty great. <laughs> exactly. All of them with charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, and it is uh, an, mm. uh, it is a fun show to watch. There's no doubt about it. I've watched many incarnations of Drag Race, so I yes. haven't watched the Aussie one yet, though. Yes, and just as a quick side one, if you want to watch something... That's yeah, reality, sure, but I think is actually a pretty great look at celebrity. Celebrity Apprentice Australia on nine. Yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> catch up on nine now. And mate, you want to see uh, people get shouted at by someone that have never been shouted at before? Celebrity Apprentice Australia. Yeah, Sir so, uh, <laughs> Alan Sugar. That's it. That's yes, his Lord name. Alan Lord Sugar. Sugar. Yeah, Lord Sugar. Yeah. He he um he doesn't give a crap, basically, and it's awesome. Uh, all right, Steve, well, tvblackbox.com.au. You have a lot more information on uh, Celebrity Apprentice and heaps more this mm. week, do you not? We do. That's right. The focus of TV Bingebox this week was Celebrity Apprentice Australia. We have a talk about it, probably to a level that you're uncomfortable with, but we thought it was pretty good. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Malky. Cheers. Talking footy with Swatter. Yes, and the great man joins us. Oh, Swatter, good morning. Yeah, very good morning to you, Knucklehead, and very good morning to you, Lulu. And I'm assuming now that we've got the Bombers theme song playing, that we're actually giving them a bit of love. So, well done, Essendon. Good win uh, on the road against the West Coast Eagles. So, uh, not just a normal road trip either, Swatter, because they were told to scramble out of Victoria. So, they had to go a day, I think at least a day or two early, and then they had to isolate when they got over to Perth, because of course they did. Um, so, I mean, that's that's got how much of a distraction would something like that be, Swatter? Well, if, if that was the uh, okay, you can uh, you can kill the theme song, now, mate. We never play it for thirty seconds. <clears throat> if if that was the first time that they had done anything like that, then that that potentially had the real possibility of being a distraction. But I think I think they learned they've learned to adapt uh-huh. because of everything they had to deal with last year. So this is the changing nature of of, of uh, sport and the impact of COVID. Um, they've sort of been here before. They know what to do, and you just get on with the job. So I think what happened last year is giving clubs a really good understanding of, okay, if it changes, how do we adapt? How do we keep it as normal as possible when it's not normal? And let's just get on with the job of performing, and they did that beautifully. Yeah, yeah, resilience, Swatter. It's uh, one of the catch cries of COVID, really, isn't it? It certainly is, oh. and just a shame that the Adelaide Crows don't have hey. much of that. <laughs> Damn you, Lou. You let him into that. Had now, Swatter, can we spare a thought for the fixturing staff at the AFL? Because in yes. previous years, they've had one job to do, and they knock it off at the end of 
at the start of a, a footy year and then they go off on holiday and that's mm. it. But they've had to scramble now <laughs> and refixture so many games, including Dreamtime at the G, which is now yes. going to be in Perth tomorrow. Yep. Well, again, it needs to be where it can be played and played safely. So big tick for that. Got no issues yeah, there. Yep. Um, Travis Old, who's head of the uh, fixturing, is a good mate of mine. I normally don't uh, like giving them too much credit because I think that <clears throat> a number of these executives are really <laughs> overpaid. And even though they took a little haircut, they've still got plenty. I think he's actually earned his money and his team have earned their money over the last 14 months. Oh, yeah. Given everything that they've had thrown to them, um, you know, I have a little bit of insight. This is a moving feast and the team at the AFL are working on this around the clock. And I think considering we've got last year away and we got a premier and we're uh, Bad premier. well into this year's <clears throat> season, they've, they've done an unbelievably good job given the, the, the unpredictable nature of what we're dealing with. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. most definitely. Now, Spotter, just um, on a personal note, uh, how was your lockdown weekend? Uh, lockdown weekend felt a lot like deja vu. Just for some strange reason, though, I feel like we've been here before. <laughs> yeah, funny, isn't um, it? No, we're, yeah, it's... I said to my partner yesterday, we were going for a walk within the 5Ks. Yes. The thing that's really noticeable is prior to lockdown, Melbourne was Melbourne. Lockdown comes and it fundamentally changes the city because it goes into a ghost town. Yeah, it's weird. And it's, a, it? it's a really stark contrast. And I think young Matthew said before we came on air that we're into our fourth lockdown, whereas New South Wales have had one. That's mm-hmm. right. So, so as a Victorian... I think a genuine question that we should be able to ask is what are we doing differently or wrong compared to how other states are managing it, given that we're into our fourth one? Yeah, it's a fair question. A very fair and, question. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, how about this for a, a little bit of info for you as well, Swatter? It's uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of when it started to kick off the second wave last year that plunged Victoria into lockdown. Yeah, not, a, not an anniversary. I don't think many people are going to be celebrating. No, with another just, lockdown. Correct. It, it's, it's a situation. It's unfolding. I mean, there's more sites that have been listed. It's, it's challenging. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. But the reality is that this is what we need to do to get things under control. But for anybody that doesn't live in Victoria and doesn't have much of an idea about what they've been through, it's been a particularly tough 14 months and yeah, I hope that everybody in Victoria are going okay and we get through this and we can go back to some sort of COVID normal very yeah, soon. Absolutely. Well said, Squatter. Um, we'll catch up with you later in the week. Thanks for the chat. I look forward to it. And once again, I uh, can't wait. I've got five days to get ready to think about what I'm going to say about the Adelaide Crows. And uh, boy, oh boy, come Friday, there'll be a bit to say. Well, one of the great things about this is it's thrown the tattoo thing right up in the air because I can't oh, come no, down to Melbourne. I've got, I've got Bubba and Lefty oh, on their knees no. heading up the highway as we speak with some sort of dodgy tattoo gun. <laughs> Don't let them into New South Wales. Uh, Swatter, thanks, mate. We'll catch See you guys. at the end Bye. of the week. Hey, Lou, we need to uh, check in with um, the regional manager of the Australian Industry Group. He's a good friend of the show, Tim Farrah. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Lou. How are you going? Oh, Tim, here we go again. Uh, number yeah. number yeah. four lockdown for Victoria and obviously affecting um, at least half the businesses uh, in our region, the ones on the Victorian side of the border. What are the ramifications of this lockdown going to be for local businesses? Uh, yeah, look, they'll, they'll be fairly significant, Lou, unfortunately. Um, pretty well staff have used up all their annual leave. Um, and look, you know, 
staff and management have been working so well together uh, to try and find ways to uh, to alleviate the pain because there is real pain. Uh, you know, businesses are closed; they're not earning money, so the owner's ability to continue to pay wages is just yeah. it's just not there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, and under the Fair Work Act, there are provisions where where uh, businesses can stand down staff um, without pay when they have to close because of circumstances out of their control. Um, but, you know, the business owners don't want to do that, and obviously staff don't want to do that. They want to try and find ways around it. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, but everybody's used up pretty well uh, every other means possible to uh, to continue to do this. Um, so, uh, so unfortunately, it's going to mean that, um, that now we're seeing people just not being paid yeah, ah, that's putting terrible. real significant financial pressure uh, on on people. Yeah, well, and, 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 and in, in a small business, guys, you know, the people who aren't getting paid in a small business is the business owner because they, yeah, they've got sure. no profit. Well, so and, and they've got their house on the line. So you know, it's everybody's hurting. And I guess that's the thing, you know, saying about houses and you go, oh, a week, you know, oh, a week's not too bad. You you try and figure out where you're going to get a week's pay to then pay your mortgage and all your other commitments. Like that's the mm-hmm. that's the part that's causing real like serious stress for people is, is trying to keep up with your commitments. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, and that puts pressure on families, um, you know, uh, and uh, relationships and, yeah, look, and... If 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 there was no alternative, guys, we would we you know well then then you do you you, you front up and you go we've got to go through this. There's no alternative. But when you've got a model that we've seen in New South Wales, which has worked so well, where they've got their systems uh, and their QR codes and the contact tracing is absolutely that's the gold standard, um, and and it's worked. They lock down just parts of you know yep, wherever yep. The, the risk may be. The rest of the state just gets on with life. That's right. Well, it's um, been and four in Victoria and, and just the one in New South Wales, and that, of course, was when everyone was locked down. But, mm. Tim, final final question. Uh, there's mm. no federal job keeper at the moment, of course. So, um, really, the, the state government, the Victorian state government, should be compensating the local businesses for this, surely. Um, well, look, they have put out a, a package... They announced on Sunday, uh, Matt, um, but it, it will equate to, and the, the, it's very uh, murky as to what it actually is, but it looks like it might be about $2,500 per business, which, oh, you know, which, 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 which might co- cover the cost of staff for a week you know, of, of a small business. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very meagre. It's, it, and, yeah. and you're right. Yeah. You know, these, these, these guys, uh, they're the only state with the problem. It's, it's, it's their systems that are letting us down. Why, why they blame the federal government? No, yep. That's just, yep. uh, All right. yeah, not, not, not good enough. We're out of mm. time, but, uh, yeah, well said at the end there. Absolutely. Tim Farrer from the Australian Industry Group. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Uh, lockdown 4.0, and it's changing each time. Uh, of course, only the one lockdown in New South Wales, which was um, the national lockdown, if you like, way back in March last year. Yeah. But then subsequently, uh, quite a few more, obviously, in Victoria. Now, last time, which was the one, the last snap lockdown in February, technically, people who lived in uh, Wodonga or any town south side of the border couldn't come to work in New South Wales. But people kind of still, some of them still did, but it was, you know, technically, you, you couldn't. This time... 
you can. So that's an improvement. Let's talk to uh, a friend of the show. She lives out at Talangata, uh, works at Lighting Bonanza, Leanne, who we talked to over the course of a few of these lockdowns yeah. now. Morning, yeah. Leanne. How are you? Morning. Morning, guys. How are you all? Yeah, good, good. So, Leanne, this time, um, fortunately, you didn't have to battle or struggle or try and find out. You are going to work this time? Yep, I'm going to work this time. That's what the acting premier has said on the announcement on Thursday. So I've gone to work the last couple of days. So yep, yep, that's um, good. as far as I know, I can. That's good. Um, and this, just from a logical perspective, it just highlights how ridiculous it is. For example, I'll give you an example and how people are treated on the border as basically second-class citizens. So, And this is no fault of the commercial club here, Lou. I want to make that very clear. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I went to the gym because they're just doing what they're told. I went to the gym uh, yesterday and they asked for my driver's licence to confirm I wasn't from Madonga and <laughs> therefore, you know, would have been basically shown the door. Yet people from Madonga are obviously coming to work and can come for some... Uh, type of essential shopping as as well. So, I mean, it just, it's so nonsensical, all of these rules around it, mm. considering that if there's COVID in Wodonga, there's COVID in Albury. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I just... Um, uh, and there isn't, by the way. There's, there's no, none there's in not. either at the moment. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, Leanne? How, how oh. have you found it at work? Has it been um, a lot quieter or a lot more yeah, busy? Yeah, you notice that the trade is down a little bit. Um, obviously, you can't. You're not getting the people that are in Vic coming over, and you can see that. But I'm just driving to work, doing my job, and driving straight home. I'm not going anywhere, doing anything. I'm just doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, and of course, you you yeah. guys share a connection, Leanne and uh, and Lou, in that you were both off for about six weeks yeah. at home. Well, yeah. Although yeah. You, you could talk on the radio still, Lou, but yeah. Leanne, you weren't able to work because you were outside of the. That infamous border yeah. bubble way back. Oh, the first year. border bubble yep. uh, mark yep. one that had um, only a tiny amount of <laughs> oh, the border oh, in man. it. Yeah, Terrible. unbelievable. Yeah. The bad was, old yeah. days, Leanne. So, no, that is behind us, yes, hopefully. Um, we don't have that again. Um, yeah, no, that was the worst six weeks of my life, I reckon. Yeah, it was pretty tough for a lot of people. But it anyway, it's yeah. good. They've yeah. improved it a little bit, and I guess we've only got a few more days to go. So thanks for Fingers chatting crossed. with us, Leanne. No worries, guys. Thank you. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah, well said, Leanne. And, of course, uh, this has all come down to another issue with hotel quarantine. So we, uh, we've we talked to some state representatives, of course, Bill Tilley and Justin Clancy late last week. Let's talk to... Um, the Federal Environment Minister and the member for Farrah. It's not her department, of course, but as a representative of the federal government, it's worth asking the question, sure. why do we not have dedicated facilities? Indeed. Uh, we'll talk to Susan Lee next. And, of course, it's lockdown four in Victoria and there's a mouse plague as well in New South Wales. There's a lot to talk about with the Federal Minister for the Environment and, of course, our local Minister for Farrah, Susan Lee, and she joins us. Susan, Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Lou. Lovely to be on the program. All right. Now, let's get straight to it. Now, I know this isn't your department, but as a representative of the federal government, I have to ask, there have been nine lockdowns in Australia since the start of the pandemic, all of them connected to returning travellers, most because of breaches. So the cost of the economy is in the billions of dollars. Why did we or why don't we build dedicated quarantine facilities, Susan, outside of the cities and designed to stop cross-room infections like we've had in Adelaide with this guy that then brought it to Melbourne? I think we're learning that that's an important part of our response. 
when we started with the hotel room approach, I don't know that anyone imagined that the virus could be so sneaky up and down the corridor or that there could be so many escapes. And I don't want to be one of those people pointing the finger at another government, but there were some sloppy procedures, let's be honest, in some of those quarantine processes. So there's more rooms coming on board at Howard Springs and... Look, I'm fairly confident that the Victorian government is going ahead with a separate dedicated facility and other states will be looking at that as well. So as the pandemic progresses, we learn. But the most important thing has been, I think, that in the quarantine system itself, you just have to be absolutely on your guard at every single second because if you're not, something can happen and that's what happened. And the other thing I'll throw in there, Matt, is that some of the variations of the viruses have proved much more infectious. They're not nastier when you get them, so they don't necessarily give you a worse condition, but they're actually more infectious. So to begin with, it was 80% of people didn't pass COVID on, which is quite a high amount, Um, and now I think that number's probably quite different. So is the vaccine realistically our only hope to, to stop these lockdowns in some form? Well, it's our only hope to suppress the cases, the um, the fact that we're sort of suddenly having to lock a whole state down and the uncertainty. So in other countries where the vaccine rate is a bit higher, uh, because they started earlier, because they had access earlier, then you're seeing uh, a, a, a real flattening of the curve. Now, that doesn't predict the future. And the good thing about the vaccine is that it seems to be working against all of the different strains, because while they... Uh, attack your body differently, they're the same disease. Yes. Um, so that's something we, we can feel reasonably confident about. Uh, there's there's no, I mean, the overall upside of getting a vaccination is, is so overwhelmingly um, more positive than not getting one that we just need to to encourage yeah, people. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, a lockdown in Victoria has, has has given that message. I know I was talking on your program a while ago and I said, in encouraging people to get the vaccine, um, what if you said, uh, well, you know, we don't want people saying, gosh, I wish I'd had the vaccine when I had a chance. Yep. So okay. this, this is the chance. Um, now, from a pandemic to a plague, Susan, the um, mouse plague is marching forth Um, What's the um, government's response to that um, at the moment? Because I know certainly farmers in our region are suffering with the mouse plague. It is absolutely dreadful. And, you know, I've spoken to some people who live in the city and, you know, they sort of, I I don't want to say they think it's funny, but they don't actually get the seriousness of it. It is Mm. horrendous. Mm. And I feel for everyone affected by it. And in my earlier life as a farmer, I know what it's like, not to this extent, but I know what it's like. And, You know, sometimes when mice are in the paddock, you can cope with it, but when they're in the house, when they're in your car, when they've eaten out the wiring, when they've destroyed your equipment, uh, you know, when they've ruined things, and and the numbers just keep increasing. I I mean, New South Wales, I think, was they're onto it now. Um, It took a little while, and maybe their argument would be that it's a fairly serious poison that they've had to approve. Mm. That poison, as I understand it, has now been approved. Um, If there's, you know... Farmers know how to administer poisons. They have to get chemical users certificate. They deal with quite strong drugs with livestock and crops. So trust the farmers. Give them the tools to help them with this plague. All right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, um, it'll it'll start to kind of even out. You know, as uh, as people do start to administer the poisons and that sort of thing. And and as for the other, let's hope um, the lockdown ends on Thursdays. It's supposed to. Yeah, Susan definitely. Lee. 
Member for Farah and Federal Minister for the Environment, thank you for talking with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you. It's Lou and Matt. He's Midnight Oil.